Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we have a great malicious compliance story from a customer service rep. We'll get into that in a bit, but first... Just fix the truck. On my first enlistment in the army, I was a mechanic. In our unit, we had three staff sergeants for some reason. Sergeant T was on the last year of his contract and would be retiring. He was assigned as the motor supply sergeant, a position that was made up so he could ride the pine since we were overstaffed. Sergeant G was assigned as the maintenance supervisor and oversaw the preventative maintenance and repair of the vehicles in the motor pool. The third one was our platoon sergeant and doesn't feature in the story. Every Monday, the vehicle operators would come to the motor pool to perform their weekly vehicle inspections. The mechanics would affect any repairs that were possible at the time, like changing out burnt bulbs, stuff that was easy and could get the vehicle rolling. Then we would begin performing repairs to any vehicle that had a deadline deficiency, a deficiency that needs to be repaired before the vehicle can be operated. These don't necessarily mean the vehicle isn't operational, just that operating the vehicle in that condition can cause greater problems. Then we'd fix the rest. Usually on Friday, we'd order any parts that we needed to repair what was left. After the operators left on Monday, the inspection sheets were divided up between the mechanics and we got to work. One week, I had a fairly easy workload and got all of my sheets finished by Wednesday. There was only one vehicle that had a deadline deficiency left and the rest were ordering parts. The vehicle in question had been taken by the operators every day. I called the unit to let them know that the vehicle had a deadline deficiency and needed to return to the motor pool. They were short on vehicles and long on work and had been stalling, so I informed my squad leader and left it at that. I went to the office and began ordering parts. When my work was completed, I would assist other mechanics with theirs. Sergeant G walks in and asks why I was in the office, and I informed him that the rest of my work was complete and I was ordering parts. He asked to see the inspection sheets and started looking through them. I tried to explain about the one vehicle, but he cut me off and said he'd see what the paper said. He saw the deadline deficiency and ordered me out to repair that vehicle immediately. I tried to object and explain the situation, but he cut me off again and ordered me to go out and fix the vehicle. I tried a third time to explain. Again, he cuts me off and says, I don't want your freaking excuses. I want your butt out on the line fixing that freaking truck. If I see you doing anything else before it's fixed, it'll be an Article 15. An Article 15 is non-judicial punishment and can result in reduction of rank or forfeiture of pay. Roger Sarge, I'm on it. I walked to the rack of manuals for the vehicles, pulled the appropriate one, and found the size of the bolts on the part that needed changed. Grabbed my wrenches and head out to the assigned spot for the vehicle. I laid down right there, raised my tools, and began making wrenching motions with my arms. I did this for over an hour, with some breaks of course. Those were some giant wrenches. I saw people looking at me and pointing. Eventually, someone went to Sergeant T and told him what I was doing and he comes over to check it out. He watches me wrenching for a minute or two. 
head cocked. What are you doing, OP? Fixing this truck, Sergeant. It's got a deadline. He was looking at me real funny now, like I had heat stroke or something. OP, you do realize that the truck ain't here, right? I said, Sarge, I know this and you know this, but Sergeant G doesn't want to hear my freaking excuses. He wants my butt out on the line fixing this freaking truck. Sergeant T told me to get up and get back to work. I told him that G had threatened an Article 15. He said he'd take care of it. I took a smoke break to give them time to resolve the issue before I went back to the office. Not sure what Sergeant T said, but G had a scowl on his face when I came back to order my parts. The one thing I've truly learned... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Learned in my time reading malicious compliance stories is that there is a lot of opportunity in military scenarios for malicious compliance. There's just so many people in positions of power who don't care enough to check out all the little details and just order you to do something, and you have to do that thing now and don't give me any other answer. It's just like a malicious compliance story generator cranking them out. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, Karma is a bench, and so was she. Story from quite a few years ago, from when I was a bartender in a corporate-style cookie-cutter restaurant. I mostly worked nights, but had one regular mid-shift on Fridays. We were always super busy at the bar for lunch on Fridays and usually had quite a few of the mall workers coming in to eat, then head back to work. Nearly every Friday, the same smug, borderline rude lady came in for lunch. Every time, she paid exact change. Zero tip. Maybe half the time, she would complain over some minor inconvenience and more than a few times got a comped meal. The more I had to wait on her, the more indignant and ticked I got. So, around Christmas time, I was out and about in the mall buying for family and friends, picked out something nice for my girlfriend at the time, a sheer top which I thought would look amazing on her, decently priced with it being on sale too. Walking up to the cashier, I was surprised to run into resting bench face. Whatever. In street clothes, I felt like she barely registered who I was, or maybe she really didn't care who was at her register, maybe both. So I hand her a $20 bill. She examines it for a moment, turned it over twice, held it up to the light even, then out comes the counterfeit pen marker. Thinking to myself, a bit excessive, no? Change should have been around a dollar and change. Surprisingly, she hands out $81 plus change. She calls next in line, so I step to the side for a moment in contemplation. I could honestly feel the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. 
Took me a moment or two, but I finally let my moral compass win and stepped back in front of the register. I nicely explained that there was a mistake made, but before I could continue, she shot me down and briskly told me in a semi-professional tone to get the freak out. So I did. The way I look at it, all those lost tips and the money she just gifted me was just karma. Sucked to be her, I guess. There was actually recently a very similar post that I've read here, and again, I'm just left with that nagging contemplation in the back of my mind where if I'm there and they hand me those $81 and say, have a nice day, am I going to just grab it and just speed walk out of there and go home? Or am I going to listen to the little angel on my shoulder saying, do the right thing, give it back? Our next story is, you literally asked for it on your Christmas wish list. One year, when the holiday season came and my family started exchanging wish lists for Christmas, My mother didn't have many ideas for what to ask for, and didn't want to spend much time thinking about it. She eventually gave us all a very short list. I don't remember most of what was on it. I'm not sure whether she even asked for anything specific at all, or if the entire list was a few vague categories. But the number of specific things listed was definitely fewer than the number of other people in our family who planned to give her something for Christmas. The one detail I remember about that list, aside from its shortness, is that the last list entry was literally stuff. I saw that and decided that this was essentially malicious compliance with the definition of a Christmas wish list and deserved a little malicious compliance in response. I also got her a serious and genuine gift, but in addition to that I googled for things that were named stuff and I found a certain magazine. No, not the one on Wikipedia that originated in the UK and is about consumer electronics. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Onyx, I got her an issue of this Stuff magazine with a picture of a scantily clad woman on the cover and many more inside. Our family has a tradition of taking turns opening Christmas presents all together, one at a time, so the whole family can see and briefly focus on each and every present. When my mother was about to open the stuff issue, I told everyone to get their cameras ready, to take pictures of her reaction to it. She laughed and facepalmed for a while. She knew what it was about and took that in good humor, but she did gripe a bit about me telling everyone to get the cameras ready. She gave the magazine away in a white elephant gift exchange a few days later, after confirming with the host that such a risque item would be appropriate. In the years following that, she sent longer and more specific wish lists. Honestly, I'm right there with OP's mom in that if I was told to give somebody a wish list of what I want for Christmas, I would be in trouble because the things I want are either so expensive that it's unreasonable to ask for them, like I'm not going to go out there and say, okay, well, if anybody wants to get me a Quest 3 or something, I mean, hey, a PS5 would be pretty nice. Otherwise, it's like, I don't know, an Amazon gift card, a Steam gift card or something. I mean, the last thing I need is just yet another desk weight or decorative piece that I have no room for. Our next story is, my chair doesn't meet H&S, it's war. I'm a teacher. 
I made a cool desk chair out of a car seat and the base of the old one that was falling apart. Used hardware I had laying around, so cost almost nothing. My custom chair was super comfy, ergonomic, fully adjustable, lumbar support, and better than the piece of crap I had before. Also environmentally friendly. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Anyway, my tool of a principal sees it one day, murmurs something about how unusual that looks. A few weeks later, she comes around saying it's not health and safety compliant. I have to get rid of it and they will order a brand new one. Okay, fine. I'm getting a new chair. New one arrives and it's another cheap one that only has height adjustment and nothing else. Probably will fall apart in a couple of years, so not H&S compliant. I call the HR department and ask them to do a workplace evaluation. They came in today. Findings were that my desk is too small, the chair lacks proper adjustments, and the board issued 14-inch laptops are not suitable for my needs. In order to be compliant, the HR rep is getting another new chair, large flat-screen monitor, keyboard and mouse, and even a desk that can be adjusted for sitting and standing. Principal had to sit there with a face like fizz while HR outlined all of the reasons why my workstation setup wasn't H&S compliant. Chair not H&S compliant? Well, what about everything else? No idea how much this will cost. The principal is a notorious tight butt. She'll be regretting getting in between a man's butt and comfort. Now, I don't know where in the world OP works as a teacher, but this is one of the most supportive areas I've ever heard. The fact that you were able to get a hold of HR and they came in here like, oh yes, you need a better chair, oh yes, you need a better monitor, we're going to get all of that. A standing desk, of course. I feel like while back in my high school, they did do a pretty good job of supplying the teachers with stuff that they needed. They'd still also kind of geek out if they were able to just get like a stool. Now, I know this is pretty crazy, but one of my English teachers actually had a podium. I know, they went all out. Our next story is, transfer me to anyone else. Whatever you say, ma'am. During the summer of 2020, I worked customer service for an online retailer. It is the worst job I've ever worked. While most people were polite, kind, and understanding, I had to deal with many people who were often, justifiably, upset about a problem with their order. But even then, most people would be sure to say their anger was not directed towards me. Faking sympathy for these people was hard enough, but then there would be people berating me personally as if I had something to do with whatever problem they were complaining about. One day, the system we used to track people's orders was down. I wouldn't be able to cancel orders, check when the shipping date was, change the shipping address, nothing. The supervisor told us to tell the customers to call back in an hour, at which point the system would hopefully be back up. Again, most people were understanding that there was literally nothing I could do to modify their orders and said they would call back later. This one lady calls me and is upset about something and wants me to cancel her order. I tell her I apologize for the inconvenience but I can't at the moment and that she should call back in an hour. She was not happy with the response. She starts going off about how that's unacceptable, she doesn't have time later, take down her information and do it later once the system is back up. This is horrible customer service, etc. I constantly have calls coming in, so I can't be dealing with her problem at the same time as speaking to another customer, and more importantly, my shift was going to be finished in 20 minutes, and I sure as heck wasn't waiting around for the system to be back up and doing overtime to cancel this lady's order, especially with her rude entitled attitude. Eventually, she decides that she has had enough of me and asks to speak with my supervisor. Summer of 2020 is peak COVID, so I was working from home. I explain the situation and say I can't just pass the phone to my supervisor, 
but what I can do is escalate the issue by putting in a ticket, and a supervisor will call them back in 24 to 48 hours. Of course, this is not good enough for her. She is yelling at me at this point, going on and on about how awful this customer service is, and she is not accepting that there is nothing I can do at the moment. She decides she doesn't want to speak to me anymore and screeches at me to just transfer me to anyone else. I don't care. I don't want to speak to you anymore. I say, okay, just give me a moment. As I'm thinking in my head, you did say anyone. I transfer her to the Spanish customer service line. It's pretty satisfying, but watch it just be a situation where they end up just transferring them and they somehow get right back to OP. Now that would be pretty awkward. Our next story is, manager told me to call the person of the computer I was working on, so I did. I was sitting in my office one slow day and the CEO walked in, always a pucker moment, even though I'm on very good terms with him, and he handed me an obviously non-business laptop and asked if I could get it back up and running as it had very important things on it that was needed shortly, and as I wasn't doing anything and he still signed my paycheck, I said, you got it sir. Later, a middle-aged mangler comes in and asks me to do something and I say, you're number two in line, and pointed to the obviously not corporate laptop I was fixing. Mangler didn't like that much and demanded I call whoever and tell them it wasn't acceptable for me to be working on personal equipment. So I pulled out my cell and called. Mangler could only hear my half of the convo, but what he heard was something like, Hey Tom, I got Bob here telling me it isn't acceptable for me to be working on your personal stuff and he wanted me to call you and tell you, oh sure, he's right here, hang on. And I handed the phone to the mangler. Mangler started off saying, it's not acceptable. And then his eyes got real big and the rest of the conversation was, yes sir and no sir. He hung up and thundered, why didn't you tell me it was the CEO's laptop? And I said, He didn't give me a chance and demanded I call them right now. OP probably could have done this person a solid, but A, their attitude didn't warrant it, and B, that's not in their job description. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.